Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're almost at the halfway point of January 2022 and that can only mean one thing, which is spring is really just around the corner. However, the reality for many is that January in general can really drag for some. Whether it's the dark evenings, us missing the Christmas buzz or that long wait until payday. So today on the Indo Daily, let's get down to understanding a little bit more about the January blues and what we can do to make ourselves feel that little bit better this month. I'm Denise Callanan and joining me today are Leslie Ann Horgan, editor of Sunday Independence Life magazine, and Helen Vaughan, director at Maynooth Counselling and Psychotherapy and an IACP accredited psychotherapist. So just before I chat with my guests, I think an explainer is in order on Blue Monday and how it all came about. Debt, dreary days, divorce, they're just some of the terms that we associate with Blue Monday, which falls on the third Monday of January every year. This year, it's the 17th. But it's important to explain the term and to differentiate between that and the January blues, because one has been made up and the other is all too real. The term Blue Monday originally came from a 2005 press release by a now defunct travel company in the UK and it was supposedly based on an equation that has since been widely dismissed as pseudoscience. Here's Ben Goldacre, author of Bad Science and The Guardian journalist who debunked the myth of Blue Monday speaking to the WYNC studio on the media in 2014. I came across this almost a decade ago when it was first concocted by a man called Cliff Arnolds And he was paid by a travel company, Sky Travel, to produce this bogus equation to come up with the most depressing day of the year in the middle of January, specifically because that's when people are most likely to start thinking about booking their holidays. In fact, the very same chap produced a similar equation for Wall's Ice Cream Company, which was the happiest day of the year. And the happiest day of the year was in (laughs) June, which is the beginning of ice cream purchasing season. So Blue Monday is a myth, but the January blues can be very real. We're joined by psychotherapist Helen Vaughan. Helen, can you talk to me a little bit about the January blues and give us an idea of the psychology behind this dip in mood? Yeah, well, the winter blues or the January blues are kind of, you know, when your mental state becomes kind of sad or maybe you feel tired or sort of fatigued a lot in the winter months or in the colder months and the darker months. Um, And there's kind of, you know, I guess it's a sadness. Sometimes it's a lack of motivation to do certain things. Some people report having trouble sleeping or sleeping a lot. Um, But there are kind of two different 
severities of it, I suppose. You know, some people get the winter blues and they feel down, but it doesn't sort of interfere with their daily activities or their ability to kind of work or carry on with their lives or look after children or all that. And then some people get what's called seasonal affective disorder, which is SAD. And that's sort of a more severe depression type Mm -hmm. illness where, you know, it's more overwhelming and quite distressing in terms of the sadness and it interferes with your daily functioning. You know, people who don't want to get out of bed and don't get out of bed or they don't want to leave the house. Um, So that's the more severe end. And, you know, it's all related to less sunlight at -hmm. this time of year, less general light and sunlight, obviously, you know, a lack of kind of outdoor time. We move less during the cold, dark months. You know, and you wonder, are we related to animals in that way that they, a lot of them hibernate in winter? And I think, I know I personally feel like I want to hibernate in winter <laughs> yeah. and we probably do yeah. more than we do in summer. You know, so is it is it a kind of thing that when it's cold and dark outside, we've, we're less inclined to go out, but then that makes us feel more fatigued. And if we're not getting out into the sunlight, you know, if you work a full day, so you're going to work in the dark and you're coming home in the dark and you don't go out at lunchtime, you know, you might just find that you're not out in the sunlight or in the light mm-hmm. for days on end, you know, and that's that has a physical and an emotional impact, you know, so it's all related to the weather and the light and the coldness, but then put a pandemic on top of that and put the fact that a lot of people get sick in winter. So that gets you down and physically you're not feeling as good as you might have, or you're stuck at home with sick children or something like this. There's a lot of difficult things yeah. going on. I'm not trying to depress you, but there's a lot going on that's hard. And after Christmas, sometimes people feel they've nothing to look forward to. They've no money left. People give up alcohol for January. You know, it's a tough time of year and it can be. Definitely. And if we're to be aware of our own mental health, Helen, and the mental health of our loved ones, how can we differentiate between, you know, what, what could be the January blues that come February or March and longer days we're starting to feel ourselves again? And what could maybe be something a little bit more serious? Yeah, I guess the thing to look out for is whether or not you can continue your life, your daily activities, your daily tasks, your daily functioning, whether you can continue that. That to me would give the sense that it's sort of the winter blues, which I know I get. I'm not sure if you do. You know, it can be hard at this time of year to get outside and motivate yourself to do things and to keep things going in your life that give you something to look forward to and give you hope. You know, loads of people are booking holidays this week and last week as they come back to work. I know I've done it too. And it just gives you something to look forward to that's outdoors and it might be warm and it might be nice. And it's something on the horizon that's less dark and cold and kind of sad. Um, But yeah, I would when it gets into something more serious is when somebody doesn't go outdoors, you know, or doesn't do their daily activities. You know, someone who's very depressed is kind of just finding it hard to leave the house or to leave their room or to leave the bed. They're sleeping a lot or not at all. You know, there's certain key things mm. to kind of look out for. Craving certain foods that contain, contain carbohydrates, you know, eating too much, um, feeling depressed kind of most of the day, nearly every day. That's when it would stray into, OK, I think maybe I should talk to this person, reach out to them and see how they're doing. And are they really struggling? One thing that hopefully we can all do, whether it's winter blues or seasonal affective disorder, is to reach out for support and to kind of say to someone, are you finding it hard this winter? Worse, You know, last winter, I think, was really tough because the restrictions were so extreme. And I think a lot of people are feeling that again this year, um, you know, with cases high and people not doing much. And maybe winter or Christmas was a bit of a write off if you had to isolate or if your family got COVID. There's just been a lot going on and people are finding mm-hmm. it hard. Um, you know, so I would say the first thing is try to be nice to yourself, you know, think of things that help you and what helps me might be different to you, whether it's sport, art, 
you know, drawing or painting or any of those things, craft stuff can be great. You know, and it doesn't have to be doing. It's another thing that I think people pressure themselves to do all these things. Sometimes it's reading or listening to music or connecting with a friend and doing something or going for a walk every couple of days if you can. It's trying to find things that help you feel more mm-hmm. like you and help you feel good or yeah. not bad. You know, if, if good is too much, um, you know, find things that help you try not to work too much, find mm-hmm. social things that you can do and you feel happy doing hobbies, you know. Yeah. And I suppose when you go to when you go to bed that night, Helen, it's a case of I did this today and I enjoyed it, uh, you know, that there was yeah. an element of your day that you enjoyed. I wonder, is it a thing during the pandemic? I mean, we talk about booking things in the future to keep us excited and looking forward to things, but maybe I think people might have lost that ability. I think I did certainly during the pandemic, we lost the ability to plan ahead and to look forward to things. So it might give people might need a little bit of a push to get back into that uh, way of life. And maybe people are nervous, yeah, about booking things because how many things have you cancelled in the last two years? You know, and, and sometimes it's hard. You're like, why do I bother? But I find psychologically it's important just to have stuff that, you know, book for June or July or March, whatever, book something, even if it's a day out to the zoo or a trip or, you know, a trip in Ireland, if you don't want to risk booking flights or whatever, or you can't afford it, you know, think of small things you can do, go to a local park or a local, you know, lovely outdoor place that doesn't even cost money if, if, if that's what's nearby. But as you say, it's trying to have something to look forward to, which I think we lost a lot last year and was really difficult to deal with. And I know people kind of went into other things. A lot of people drank more or smoked more mm-hmm. or bought things online. I know I did that because you gave you something to look forward to it arriving and then you'd arrive you're like, I don't even need this thing. Yeah. You know, it was kind of just this mad things that we all did to adapt to life. Hopefully this year we can be more hopeful that restrictions aren't as severe as they were last year. Travel is still possible. You can, if you're happy and you're comfortable, you can still go somewhere in Ireland or go somewhere abroad if you want, taking all the precautions, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, having something to look forward to and finding hope even in winter, I think is important. So if there's an activity you can find that you enjoy, even hiking or something like that, you know, so that you go up in the mountains, out into the nature, the impact of nature on your psychology is huge. It's such a helpful thing. And it can be as simple as having a picture on the wall of something nature, like a photograph of something last summer or the summer before or whenever you did something nice, you know, that that does help your mood and kind of lift you and sit by the window if you're working, if you can, if you have the option, um, you know, and go outside for an hour a day if you can or every couple of days at lunchtime or in the morning or whenever you can just trying to do lots of small things that just give you something to look forward to in your day and something to look forward to in your year. Now we're joined by Leslie Ann Horgan, editor of Sunday Independent Life magazine. Leslie Ann, you're not suffering from the January blues because you approach January a little differently to most. Um, yeah, I've always had quite a positive attitude towards January. I know a lot of people kind of feel like it's such a chore and it's so dark and depressing. Um, but for me, I find that it's just a chance to stop and reflect and think about where I am and what I want from the year ahead. Um, and I just find that there's really not a lot of time in our sort of always on world now to do that. Um, and I think it's, it's you know, a little bit of a privilege that there's a natural reset um, and energising. And I don't feel like that was very notionsy to stop and think about myself for a while, whereas usually if you're if you're focused on yourself, you start to sound like you're maybe being a little bit selfish at other times. Um, January is the perfect time to just take that that focus onto yourself. And would you make any New Year resolutions for the year ahead, Leslie-Anne? 
Um, I sometimes do. I, I tend to find I prefer to take something on rather than give something up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll dive into that house cleaning and things that other people do. But I find like when I've put my, my Christmas tree away and then I can see all the dust bunnies, I'm quite motivated to clean things out and clear out and do my decluttering with Marie Kondo. So um, I, I sometimes make resolutions, but, you know, nobody keeps their resolutions. But I think it's still if you're coming from a nice, hopeful place. And that for me, I think motivation, positive motivation is a really big thing. Um, you know, if you're telling yourself you have to do something or you should, should is like the worst word. If you should do something, you're just never going to do it because you automatically feel like it's a really negative thing. Whereas if you're saying, you know, you want to do something, you're choosing it, that's really proactive. That's very positive. And um, I try to apply that for, to a lot of things in my life. I sound very like woke or, <laughs> you know, therapized about it, but it's actually not. A, you know, I struggle um, with being positive about things like everybody else. But um, I find if you reframe things in your mind from being a chore to being a choice, then you kind of um, are much more motivated to. And you say that you slow down your social life in in January. Would you see that almost like a period of hibernation, Leslie Ann, or would you still spend time with people? Yeah, I, I love that. Um, you know, I, I kind of sound like I'm very motivated to do things, but a lot of my doing things is just thinking. I absolutely love that in January, you know, or, okay, well, pandemic times were all in our tracksuit anyway, but, you know, my traditional January sent my tracksuit on my couch and realistically, the only things that my friends are talking about now are what series they're streaming and where they are in a podcast or what books they're reading. Um, so I love that, you know, it's this, um, what, what's the, the Nordic trend, Higa or Huga, whoever you say it, um, it's a whole month of that. Um, and like I say, you just get to prioritize yourself, take the odd walk, do a bit of cooking. And yeah, absolute hibernation. And they're socially acceptable to be seen in the supermarket. Well, thankfully, we've got masks now, but, you know, no makeup on, hair up on the top <laughs> knot and uh, feeling a bit like you haven't washed your uh, selection box off your jumper. <laughs> Um, Leslie-Anne, in your magazine, Life Magazine and the Sunday Independent, I suppose it's a time of year where you're traditionally reaching out to experts for advice on health and well-being. And what I thought was really interesting this month in particular was the advice maybe to stay in your comfort zone, because we're always, we feel like we're always being told to challenge ourselves, but actually now we could be advised to actually stay in your comfort zone and that's where you'll grow as a person. Yeah, absolutely. We had a piece um, Patrice Harrington wrote um, talking to experts about what the self-help trends were for 2022. And we were really interested to find that there were, you know, several new books coming out along that theme of, you know, not pushing yourself into your comfort zone and the idea that you shouldn't have to feel pain or discomfort to experience sort of personal growth. And um, one of the people we we're talking to in it is a, an author and podcaster from Australia called Madeline Dore. And she was talking about the, you know, letting go of the productivity pressure that you put yourself under that a lot of the time the targets you set for yourself are so unrealistic that no wonder you feel like you're failing all the time um, and there was another uh, author, Wendy Seifert, and she was talking about how she likes to see her comfort zone as, you know, not a cage of fears, but a box of pleasures. And I think that's a really great message for January that you can, you know, maybe take the time to make sure that you're sleeping better, you're eating better, that your your house is clean and relaxing, all those things to make yourself a lovely comfort zone. And I think most people will, you know, have those moments in the shower when you finally switched off. That's when you have your best ideas or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. realistically, if you're constantly pushing yourself, you obviously need to push yourself a bit. But if you're constantly pushing yourself through fear or through pain, then how far are you going to get? Whereas if you create this lovely comfort zone for yourself, that's where you're going to find what they call that, you know, flow state where you're, you know, really energized and you've got um, great thinking, great, great clarity of thought. 
um, and things like that going on. One of the authors as well, um, she's a New York Times bestselling author that Patrice spoke to, Cy Wakeman. Um, and she said that she'd love to rebrand the comfort zone as um, a zone that you create for yourself and habits that feel support feeling content and peaceful um, and with healthy boundaries, um, great sleep and renewable activities. And I've, I've never heard of anything that fits January more than that mm. for me. Definitely. And I think as well, maybe Leslie Ann, there could be an element of trying to switch off because we talk about switching off socially, but actually maybe there's an element of switching off social media as well, because if we're scrolling and we're comparing and despairing and we're seeing what other people are doing with their January and how successful they are finding their comfort zone, you know, maybe there's an element of us having to possibly switch off from social media a little bit to be able to achieve that. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think you can never go wrong with the social media detox. Um, given the job that I do, I spend a lot of time on social media. I run an Instagram account for Life magazine, so I'm not, you know, one of these people who comes down very negatively on social media in general. But, you know, if you spend as much time as I do on it, you'll see that, you know, everybody's struggling for content in January. There's a lot of posting of last year's uh, great successes, last year's holidays, favourite outfits from last year. You know, people are all doing the January thing. So I would never try and compare myself to anybody else. Well, I say that I mean, subconsciously everybody does that the comparison things um but you know I think if you if you look at social media long enough you see the patterns and everybody's in the same place but a detox is is a great thing um stepping back even if you want to keep looking maybe not posting and try and give yourself a break from that feeling like you have to produce for it um because realistically the best thing you can produce in January is probably quite a dark selfie in your tracksuit then there's not much point yeah. <laughs> And Leslie Ann, I suppose finally, what kind of tips so would you put together? You know, you know what you would like to do in January to make the month as, as enjoyable as possible. Are there any of those um, aspects of your life that you think would be a good tip for listeners, something that they can take on and maybe just find a little bit of happiness this month with it? I think I suppose the two things are, as we said in that that article, um, about taking the pressure off yourself to, to you know, this I should, making a list saying that I need to achieve 10 things or I should do this, that and the other. You know, if you pick one thing you want, um, habits take a long time to form. I think it's like 21 days of doing something before it becomes a habit. Um, and if you, you know, think that you can do 12 things in the first month, you're not going to. So, you know, pick one book that you wanted to read, one podcast that you wanted to listen to, um, and I also recommend taking things up rather than giving things up. Um, so, for instance, I've signed up for a creative writing course, which I've never done before. I've been writing as a journalist for 15 Brilliant. years, but never uh, done a lot of imagination. So myself and my husband have signed up to go creative writing, but it feels like we're doing something, even though we haven't done it yet. It hasn't started yet, but it's starting in two weeks time and we know there's something new coming. And yeah, I feel like I've achieved loads already. That's fantastic. And maybe people's podcast of the month will be the Indo Daily. We can try and get that plug in there. Um, Obviously, obviously stay on top. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Ann, thanks a million for your time today. You're so good and enjoy the rest of your January. Thanks, Denise. You too. That was Leslie Ann Horgan, editor of Life magazine and the Sunday Independent. And before that, we heard from Helen Vaughan, director at Maynooth Counselling. And you can find out more at maynoothcounselling.ie. I'm Denise Callanan and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Siobhan Maguire, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gav Hennessy and sound designed by John Smith. Today's archive clips with thank yous to 
WYNC Studios on the Media podcast, January from Pilot, which appeared in their 1975 Second Flight album, written by David Patton, produced by Alan Parsons and released on the EMI label. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. And you can follow the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.